This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. We are back for another episode of the Oak Road Hatter podcast in what is game week 44 for the Hatters. And this is what we've got coming up today. We look back to the terrific comeback at Ashton Gate before going through the two polls of this week. We also look to see where we should strengthen next season before ending with a preview of Middlesbrough with a score prediction that Steve and I will probably get horrifically wrong. But first of all, Stephen, how are you, mate? And what an occasion Saturday was. Not too bad, and you said Saturday or Sunday for the uh, Bristol game. <laughs> I keep it keeps throwing. I'd said that in the last podcast as well, didn't I? Just it should it should have been a Saturday, but moved to Sunday for no no yeah. reason whatsoever. Oh well, yeah, it was it was it was a brilliant game. Well, I mean, like the first half was just eh, but you know, second half brilliant. Couldn't really ask for more, could you? No, not at all. It was yeah, as you say, a poor start. They hadn't scored in four games, four home games. Sorry, so. We knew exactly what was going to happen and they scored two. It was, it sounded similar at halftime what happened at Sheffield Wednesday where Nathan Jones just let the player speak about it and then sort of coming up with solutions. And that was the kind of thing that we saw. We saw the solutions fixed. Well, yeah, the solutions. And I think, I think maybe Bristol just with their poor form, they didn't have enough to carry it through into the second half. And also the substitutions we made were helped us a lot so we got there in the end and we got the win so uh, I'm not I'm not going to complain about the first half really it was just one of those typical loot performances against the team that are so likely going to score considering they haven't scored in so many games so yeah and it was that we'll, we'll go back to the first half just so we've got it out of the way because we have to talk about it but it was sloppy goals to concede weren't they I think Naismith was at fault I don't know if we could say at fault or was involved in the process of conceding both those goals. I mean, I don't remember too much of it. I'm not going to lie. I I remember sat there just keeping like one eye on it, really. I wasn't thinking, like, oh, this is a must win. We have to win this. I wasn't 
as focused on it as I would have been, you know, for the Watford game or, or anything. So I had one eye on it and I just I just remember looking up and watching watching them score some sloppy goals and I was just like, Great. Oh well. Could be worse. We could be League Two or conference. So I was just like I'm not too bothered really. But it's quite reassuring the fact that we are going out to win these games. These are not nothing games to Nathan Jones. These are games that we're going out to win and we're doing our best to sort of push for a good start next season. This seems that we're preparing for a good run next season as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think the way the players have spoken about it in their uh, press conferences like this week have shown that Obviously, Jones's mentality of wanting to win every game um, at the end of the season is is going through into the players because you got Adebayo saying we don't care how we want to win, like we just want to win, and you got Harry Cornick talking about it as well, like saying like it was brilliant to score, but it meant more for the lads to get the win and all that. So yeah, it's it's, it's showing that it's working, and obviously, I'm not saying I didn't care that we were losing 2-0 but I was just you know I was thinking we could be in we've been in much worse positions and this is a a sort of as you could say a nothing game because there was not much to play for but obviously getting the win is important and yeah so but yeah I think if this was two months ago I would have been talking saying that the first half was disgraceful and there was no spine to the players and the team so you could sort of say a similar thing but Really, I think it was just a few mistakes that happened and we just woke up in the second half. Yeah, yeah, as you say, we woke up in the second half, three well-taken goals, Dewsbury Hall orchestrating them all from his crosses and then a scuff shot, which I don't know if we can say that, I don't know if we can big Dewsbury Hall up for that, but that seemed like a brilliant touch from Collins or, did you see it as that? Did you see it as a brilliant yeah. touch from Collins or was did you see it as he's just, been shoved off the ball, or whatever. Well, yeah, I think I think I was thinking he's been he's been pushed over, but he's got a touch to the ball, which I don't think he meant to actually put into the path of Cornick. I think he really just meant to try and touch it and turn and shoot, maybe, or or maybe he was trying to stay on his feet and touch it to Cornick. He might have seen he was in a better position, but yeah, I think I think it was just that mix of of luck that we needed. Really, it was a good ball from Dewsbury Hall to like, you know, what you know good ball slash shot. It wasn't the best of shots, but really like he's putting it into an area where where you've got three players that are going to attack it. So he's doing the right thing rather than, you know, passing it out wide or anything. He's, he's putting it into an area where there's, there's strikers that are more often than not going to score. And luckily, Collo got the touch and put it into Cornick's path. And I mean, it was a typical Cornick shot where it went straight at the keeper, but luckily it went in. Yeah, yeah. Finally, Cornick got that goal and eliminates that stress that's probably going through his head and not scoring for a whole season, even though he's been sort of an integral part to what we've been doing this year. It was brilliant to see him get the goal and then the celebrations afterward, just as good. Yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, we say that it's a full seat, like, you know, it's good that he hasn't gone a full season without scoring, but really, you've got to think, how many games have there been between the Leeds game and now? It's probably been about 50 games. So for him, obviously, it's like nice to not go the full season, but you know, he's gone, he's gone like 
over 46 games without scoring. So still not a good a good record, but it's yeah, it's brilliant that he scored. And the way he spoke about it as well, as I said a minute ago, he said that it meant a lot for the lads as well as him. And he doesn't have that on, you know, hanging over him. And you know, the lads were so happy for him as well. And and it was just perfect that it was a, a winning goal as well. Yeah, exactly that. And sort of secured the three points, moves us on to 60 points, 21 above Rotherham, who are who occupy the, the final relegation place. So in terms of this season, it, it really is incredible, isn't it? Oh, it is. I think I was saying last season that uh, last season, <laughs> last week that um that that we haven't had, you know, we've been playing well. We had like quite a few blips and all that. And I wouldn't have said that this team is a a brilliant championship team or a good championship team and we're building something for a good championship team next season but I mean the stats don't lie do they 60 points after 43 games 21 points above the relegation zone it's just you oh, I'm actually in awe of it to be honest I didn't think that we'd be what what is that three points above Stoke with a game in hand over them and I just didn't think we'd be here at this point. I thought we'd probably be 17th, 18th, maybe. So this is just absolutely brilliant. And that moves us directly onto the polls because obviously everything's going so well at the moment. So we thought, we'll ask people if they thought that we can make a genuine push for the playoffs next season, which for me is a big ask. We've done, I feel that we've, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say overachieved because we're 11th place for a reason. Like we've earned that, but at the same time, it will be an even bigger ask to improve on that again next season to even get remotely close to where we are. I think is it a poor championship campaign this season? Well, Teams underperforming. I was gonna say it's 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 sort of like an anomaly the last two years, in all honesty, because without fans, you've got more chance of winning away games because the home advantage hasn't been so evident. You've got obviously teams that wouldn't have been able to buy players that they usually would have been able to buy. Like I think both Jones and Gary Sweet have said recruitment has changed because of because of the way this the this past year and a bit has gone. And for everyone it's the same. And I think possibly with a without coronavirus you would have seen maybe a few more teams in the championship pushing for the top rather than just Norwich and Watford who have now been promoted. You would have seen maybe Brentford who maybe would have been able to recruit more players, you know, maybe a better player, Swansea as well. Reading might have got someone else in that would have just helped them push to the end. And I think all across the board, all across all leagues, like it's just been different. And I'm not discrediting anyone's anyone's performances this season, but I think it's just it's different yeah because at the start at start that you just mentioned about winning more away games and that's something we've now done I thought that we were building I thought we were doing quite well at home we had a good home record but Saturday's win Saturday's win I said it again Sunday's win um, meant that we have now more uh, one more away games than home games and it just shows that there is something strange going on because performance-wise, we've played brilliant at home at times and to now say that we've won more away, it's just bizarre to me. 
Yeah, I didn't even see that coming, really. I didn't see um, winning more away games than home games, considering the, the fashion in which we've won away games as well. Up until Wickham, it was all 1-0 wins. So, yeah, it's actually really surprising that we've we've won more. But I guess at the same time, you've got to think we've probably had quite a few draws at home as well. And, you know, you've got to think about Millwall and, and uh, who was it, Nottingham Forest as well. And all those games where we should have won, but we didn't. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, because we didn't talk about, we didn't say what the figures were. 61% of people thought yes, and 39% thought no, which you can't can't discredit that because what we've shown this year is that we defy expectations. We've shown that, well, we've shown everyone wrong, really. We were predicted by the betting companies again to go down. We were predicted by football pundits to be in that relegation battle when we're in the top half pushing for a top 10 finish. So why couldn't we build on that again and go into the playoffs? But at the same time, I just think this season is just, don't want to say too good to be true, but at the same time, I don't think we'll reach these sort of performance levels. And I think the championship will improve again next year. I think, I think how I, how I see it is we might be a little bit more, ruthless next season we might be a bit more confident in our abilities which may mean we might lose more games we might be we might not be setting up just to not lose we might be setting up to you know win and trying to go for it and taking risks whereas i think this season jones is obviously probably not taking too many risks so i'd say we might be able to play our style more but we might get found out more as well so i think I mean, uh, a proper Luton saying has, has sprung into mind, never too high, never too low. I reckon it's, it could be easily that next season, like never too high this season. Like we're, we're finishing a hell of a lot better than last season and we're finishing on a high, but next season we could easily be dragged into a relegation battle for even a part of the season. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. And I think and... it's just all about, it's all about the recruitment. If we recruit smart and we and we show that we're a good team, we, we put the performances in, then I think there's no reason why we can't get in the top 10 finish next season again or playoffs. Our second poll was about Collins and do you think he will be a Luton Town player next season? And there's been a lot of talk about him moving to another championship club team that probably be able to offer him more money because, well, whether he is a starter for them, it doesn't know, but is he a starter for us? Will he be a starter next season? There's quite a lot of questions around that, isn't there? Well, ten plus goals in two championship seasons. You can't you can't discredit that at all. And I think we have to we have to look at whether we want to keep him or not. And I I would love to, but I get the feeling he's you know he's getting to the last stages of his career and he's probably like in like his best years of football. If someone offers him more money and can offer him more starting places and say that he'll be their main striker. Whereas we've got Adebayo, if Hilton goes and Elliot Lee goes like completely like, then we're, then we're going to be bringing in another striker as well. Like whether it's non-bay or whether it's someone else, he's going to, he's probably going to be thinking, what is, what, what do I have to do to be the main striker here where I've been the main striker for, for three, four years? 
in that poll, it was 59% of people saying yes, 41% of people saying no, which again shows that I think people want him to stay. I think what he's done off the bench and even for, even from starting it, I think having Adebayo come in and perform as well as he has done has not sort of moved people's opinions on on Collins. I think it's just something has worked out with Adebayo. Of course, that's brilliant, but Collins has just shown as well that his career at Luton's not over. But at exactly. the same time, it depends on what he is offered elsewhere, which he he will be. There'll be championship clubs sniffing around. I think Preston were one. I think even Derby were looking for a striker because their their record is awful this season. So I think it that depends on what he gets offered elsewhere. Yeah, I think if we can't offer him that amount of money, then he's he could easily go. But I've, I've, we've got to think about like if you think about it. For for the Watford penalty, who else in in our history would you want to come on and take the penalty? Like obviously not in our whole history, but if you think about it, like the last like ten years, if someone was coming off the bench to take a penalty against Watford, who would you want to take it? Collins. Any day. Like, any day, because he's got he's got that. Well, let's say ability. Uh, He's got that composure to do it. He's got he's got the experience to do it. I think we'd be stupid to let him go. But if he if he's thinking about it, then and if he gets offered something, then I can't I can't blame him. And I think and I I won't be mad if he leaves. I'll be I'll I'll be a bit upset with the club for letting him go. But if no one no one in the club is going to make a wrong decision, really, Gary yeah. Sweet, Mick yeah. Harford, Nathan Jones. If they think the money that he's going for, or not going for, because he'd be going for free, but like, if they think that they can get someone in to replace him and think that, you know, think of him as a person and not just their player, if they see that it's the right move for him, they won't stand in his way and they'll say, thank you for your service. You know, the club loves you and you'll always be welcome back. Yeah, and on that note, and moving on to the next section is about where we would have to strengthen next year. And I think what we've learned this year and from our first year back in the championship is that you, you can't stand still. You have to constantly be scouting and looking for the next deal because one one team, Nottingham Forest, did brilliantly, pretty well, for the majority of the 2019-2020 campaign. They didn't really do too much recruitment in the summer and they were in a relegation battle for quite a lot this year similar to Derby in a way that they've been in a relegation battle all this year but what do you expect Luton to do in the summer and what do you think we would do because they're two think... very different questions aren't they because expecting something and sort of wanting is two completely separate Ideas. I think the first the first piece of business is to ask Leicester if we can have Kid and Drewsbury Hall back. That's that's gonna be the first piece of business of of players that aren't out of contracts. Obviously, you've got to renew some contracts, but like with with players coming in from outside, you gotta ask Leicester whether we can get him back or not. Um because obviously Drewsbury Hall has said that he he'd he'd love to be here again next season. 
and everyone's and all the players are saying we'd be lucky to have him. We're lucky to have him this season anyway. So if we can get him back, that'd be brilliant. But I think I think we'll we'll be looking at um, free uh, players on a free a lot. I don't think we're going to be buying players. We might buy. I think going back to like Scott Twine, maybe he might be a player that comes in. We buy, but other than that, I think we're going to look at quite a few free signings because there's going to be a lot of players out of contract this summer because teams just haven't been able to sell them. So I can't see why we can't get a few players in. And yeah, maybe maybe a loan, obviously, in Dewsbury Hall or someone else on loan. Maybe a young, maybe a young centre back. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely see that. But we'll we'll have a look at goalkeepers first because. Rumour that keeps re-emerging is the one of Christian Walton, who obviously spent a spell with us before, really impressed. But for that to happen, you've got to think that, that well, if he was to come in or if that rumour picks up pace, it would be because other clubs are looking at Sluger. I don't, I don't think it's a, a realistic thing that's going to happen. Jones has talked about it, but... It's more of just he'll he'll probably always be on our radar if there's any any sort of situation where we have to get him in, we probably could. But other than that, I don't think there's much to that rumour really because I think Slew is happy. I've seen some tweets suggesting that there's rumours that he's homesick, but I don't see him leaving, really. He's he's having he's having a good a good time with us and I don't think the club would just let him go that easily. We'd have to get we'd have to get return on on the investment. Like we'd have to get two million for him. To yeah, make money on him. We couldn't. Yeah, do, definitely. Like, the club would not let him go without without it being a good financial deal. Yeah, and then we've got Harry Eisted as well, who's continuing to make his journey with Luton and a well a goalkeeper that probably will go to a League Two club next year and continue yeah. his development that way. And well, another. Going on to the fullbacks now, I think it's going to be a really, really interesting battle next year between Kyoso and James Bree. That's the thing. Bree's gone missing for me a bit of the last stage of the season. So remember, everyone was raving about him at the end of last season. And when we bought him, everyone was like happy about it. And I was thinking, yeah, that's a good signing. But I don't think he's an outstanding player. He's just there and does a job and... He's like a bit of like pots for me as well. Like nothing spectacular about him, just does the job. And I think he also, if he puts in a few good performances, I'd say he really impresses in, in pre-season. He's our main right back next season. Brief for me, I do agree that the end of last season, he was, he was brilliant and then start of this season with the injuries and then returning, he wasn't as good. He didn't reach those levels, but... The last few weeks, I think what he brings from an attacking sense is close, not with, not with the quality, but the energy he brings is close to Stacey, getting up and down that wing, putting balls in, not with the same quality. I think, think Stacey was obviously a brilliant player that is a, a rarity, basically, but Bree has that same energy, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think maybe yeah, energy wise probably, but mentality I don't think so. I think he's sort of the sort of player that if, if something goes wrong, his head gets down and he's he sort of just goes missing in the game. And he's obviously gained Jones's trust, which is a good thing because for Jones to trust a player that then you you can trust them really. 
I just think his mentality is just a bit different to the likes of JJ and and Stacey. And I think he's okay, but he's no better than okay. And next season he might be brilliant. He might he might have a kick up the bum from uh from Kyoso. And there you go, he's he's a brilliant player again from you know sort of from what we saw at the end of last season. And moving on to left backs, because obviously at the moment we've got Naismith who's filling that void. I know he didn't have the best of games the other day against Bristol City or the best of first halves, we probably should say. But he has been a brilliant sign and he's slotted in brilliantly to wherever he's needed. Do you view him as a left back or do you think we should do something similar to what we did with Norrington Davies, bringing in a young left back from the Premier League? Yeah, I think we need a, a new left back because Potts' time is probably up at, at the club. I think he's he's done a good job for us, but I can't trust him with the injuries. He's constantly in and out of the squad and it's just like you can't trust him to be fit 24-7. So we need someone else in. And I think Potts could easily go to a, a League One club. I think I've said this before. He's go to a League One club and and be a really good player for them. I could see him playing for the likes of, you know, Oxford or, or Sunderland or Portsmouth next season and helping them to promotion if none of them get promoted this season. I think we need, we definitely need a new left back. And then centre backs, obviously, Bradley and Pearson start, have started the last few games. I think well, against Watford, they were brilliant. Against Bristol City, the first half, I think their pace got exposed once again. We do have Lockyer to come back, of course. Osho as well, who might be able to slot in next year. What do you think will happen with Bradley and Pearson? And do you think we should get a younger centre-back or even a more championship experienced one? See, I don't know if Pearson is likely to stay. I think, obviously, Jones trusts him. But, again, he's he, he's got a few mistakes in each game. And, and in this league, you can't let teams in with mistakes like you can't make mistakes at the back and we, we learned that last season um, so I don't know what the club are likely to do with Pearson but I, I wouldn't be upset if he leaves Bradley I think he has to stay he's, he's captain mentality and he's you know he's, he's, a, he's a good player so I, I'd, I'd hope to keep, keep him in and maybe Osho will come in and do a job but I think again we might need if we want to strengthen and keep growing then we'd need an, a new another maybe a younger centre back like you know like the likes of Carter Vickers obviously not the same not him but a similar sort of player young hungry and happy to sit on the bench until he gets his chance yeah I don't think Pearson I don't think Pearson's gonna want to sit on the bench anymore no definitely not and I think we'll skip through the centre mids because we've already spoken quite a lot about Dewsbury Hall and what we think of Pelly what we think will happen with Berry and obviously the incomings to do with Scott Twine, Carl Dempsey, another name that's been mentioned, but we'll go on to the wingers. We've obviously got Clark who seems he's an out and out winger. He's been played other positions, but for me, he's an out and out winger who amount of chances he creates. He's just a constant menace. We've obviously got Cornick as well, who for me is a, a winger. He's not a forward and then Moncur and Luar Luar, two players, I think, that are out of contract in the summer. So they are playing for their contracts now. What do you think will happen with those two? And again, will we recruit a, a 
maybe a left-sided winger. I think, well, you've got to think we've got uh, Dion Pereira coming through as well. So he, he's been on the bench a few times. He might be ready for next season. Um, I think it's unlikely we will recruit for, in, unless Luar Luar and Monker leave, I think it's unlikely we will recruit for uh, for the wing. But maybe maybe we'll get another young young player in for the right-hand side as well and you'll have someone uh, pushing for Harry's and uh, Clark's spot. So I think that's the most likely outcome for that, really. But I, I get the feeling Monker will probably renew his contract. I can't see why the club wouldn't. I, 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 if I was the club, I'd probably mind trying to get someone in different to Monker because he's he's a he's a big game player and he's he does turn up. But at the same time, like he's, I, I can't trust him for a whole ninety minutes. And you sort of need to have those players that can last a whole ninety minutes. If 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 Moncur's happy sitting on the bench for most games of the season, coming on and kind of being a game changer, then happily keep him. But there's a lot of players in this in this side that are, I can't see are going to be happy being on a bench anymore. They've shown that they're, you know, stats would show that they're probably quite a good championship player because we're finishing, most likely going to finish in, in the top half of the table, which is brilliant. So these players have got a right to think, I should be starting every game. Yeah, exactly. And going on to the forwards, we've obviously got Collins and Adebayo that we've spoken about and we're very happy with at the club. But I'd seen a rumour the other day about Jack Marriott or a player that is similar to Jack Marriott. Would that be beneficial to the way we play, having someone off Adebayo, someone off Collins that's a little bit quicker? Would that be an improvement? 100% 100% because you've got Harry on the wing. You've got Harry that can play, you know, next to the strikers going forward, but he hasn't got the goals in him to to sort of change games and change the season. Whereas if you had someone like the likes of Jack Marriott, like Jack Marriott was brilliant and he didn't play so many games for us. He was like a, he, he kept changing from second to fourth choice striker, but he kept scoring. And that's why Peterborough bought him and that's why he did well there because he just scores and Obviously, he's been a bit off the pace, I think, this season. But I I would take a player like him or him back. But obviously, his wages are probably way too high now. But I I, I think having a a tricky young striker would be would be brilliant. But again, what sort of play are you going to get in that if Collins and Adebayo stay, that's going to want to sit behind them, really? If they prove to go if they prove to be a good striker how are you going to keep Collins and Adebayo out the side as well yeah I think it's a case of maybe bringing in a forward that can operate on the left wing as well I think if we could achieve that balance having a player that is versatile like that we know Jones loves having versatile players in his squad he always wants to have at least two players for each role available to him so I think if we could achieve that, that would be that would be some going. And then yeah. moving on to to the uh, Middlesbrough game that's this Saturday. Again, some view it as a nothing game, but Nathan Jones won't. I just can't believe how quick this season's gone. That we've got three games left. Oh, Next I'm, Saturday, I'm, that's I'm it. In shock as well. I, I can't believe that we're we're sat here talking. You know. We've been talking about the end of the season, but now it's actually the end of the season. Three games left, and it's just 
this this year has been mental really yeah just having the majority of weeks having two two games a week that I've, I've loved it but at the same time it's just made it fly uh, fly by sorry and be be the euro soon exactly and come i mean come uh after the 8th of may i'm gonna be i'm gonna be bored i don't know what i'm gonna do nothing going on like it's just what like football all all weeks every week and and then suddenly just nothing you'll have the playoffs but you know it's not looting it's not (laughs) not club football it's not our football and we just can't believe we're already here and on Saturday, we do face Neil Warnock's Middlesbrough. Um, I'm not sure how poor our record is against him, but I remember the commentators before, the Sky commentators in the reverse fixture saying that it was a pretty terrible record against the Neil Warnock side. So we've got that to look forward to. Yeah, it's, it's the same sort of uh, thinking for me as when we face a Welsh side. I just, I just don't look forward to it. But you said that you said that about Bristol City. You said that how close Bristol City is to Wales and saying, "Oh, true, our record is." And then we turned it round. I think we're, I think we're putting some of these records to bed this year. So we are. And did you see um, Simon Pitts tweeted out saying that um, our win, our uh, our win against Bristol, coming from two behind in an away league match, was the first time since like 1938. So we are we are putting records behind us because obviously we've scored three goals away from home two games in a row and come from behind in both of those games and done the coming back from 2-0 down in an away game the first time in you know nearly a hundred years. It's maybe maybe we can start breaking these uh these weird little hoodoo things we usually have, but I can't I can't motivate myself to be really excited for, for facing Middlesbrough, let alone Neil Warnock. One record that we can still shatter as well is the one that dates back to 90, I think it could be the 91-92 season when we finished. I think it was the year we were relegated from the first division, but I don't think we've finished higher than 10th in a second tier season. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah. If we finish higher than tenth, that would be the best finish since we were relegated that season. So, there's there is still incentive. It, it is, as we say, a nothing game in terms of both teams got nothing to play for for the rest of the season. But these individual records that would be motivating Nathan Jones and the club further up as well. Yeah, exactly, and it shows that we've 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 come so far as well. If we if we do break some some records as well, which yeah, I'm just looking here and yeah, we finished tenth in 2005 on 61 points. It's quite That'd a low figure absolutely. to finish tenth, 61 points. Surprised we finished that high with 61 points. Yeah, well, looking at, I mean, looking at the season right now, obviously, I think. Clubs are just performing a bit better, like football's a bit better, and clubs just I think win a bit more games at the moment. And yeah, I mean, obviously we've got Millwall in twelfth on fifty nine. We're on, you know, QPR in sixty two and tenth. So yeah, it's it's quite low, but I think it's like quite an average, I'd say, because 
you get into your seventies, and that's where you think you're finishing in the playoffs and all that. I wouldn't say finish on sixty-five is a usual tenth position, really. And then a little bit on Middlesbrough themselves. They're ninth in the league, so obviously a, a win against them would boost our chances of achieving what we were just talking about. But they've won their last two games against two sides that are threatened with relegation, Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday. Before that, though, they only picked up a single point from a possible 15. So they are a team that, especially at Kenilworth Road, that we can be confident of maybe not beating Maybe that's not the ultimate objective, but giving them a, a similar performance to Watford and Redden, where we go out and play really well. Yeah, I think we just have to be ruthless. We have to just be confident and ruthless that, that we can beat them because obviously we've got this a bit of like who do against uh, Neil Warnock. And he, I reckon he probably loves playing us as well because we always just lose to him. And I think we've got to go out there and just have, have no fear, no worries. Nothing. Just play, play how we want to play. Play with confidence and happiness and all that. And when we do that, we're gonna win. So I'm just hoping we get that for the for two for two halves rather than just one half. Because if we play as well as we did in the reverse fixture, we obviously lost that one one nil. It was Collins equalised from the penalty spot, but then he slipped and it hit both feet, so that was ruled out. But if we play as well as we did then, then surely we're going to have to come away with at least something. Yeah, exactly. We should. But it's Lewis and it's, it's Neil Warnock because Middlesbrough. We can't. Nothing's guaranteed. Exactly, yeah. Then moving on to the score predictions that we always get wrong. What? Well, I say we always get wrong. You, you did well at the start. You got, I think you got two out of two. And then since then, we've got none right. So... We're gonna. What I said last week, the Bristol City game. I I remember saying three nil because I said a Harry Cornick hat trick. Yeah. So that's not too far off. Three nil in the second half. Yeah, I mean for the prediction league, I I said two two one. So I I I got the, the whoever won the game right, but yeah, I'm gonna say for this game, one one. I'm going to go for a confident 2-0. Two 2-0 nil. Two nil to Luton. I think we're... I'd love that. We're a confident side. We're confident at the moment. I'm I'm happy where we are. I know that sometimes means that we'll go and put in a rubbish performance if it follows what's been going on this year. But no, I, I think if we can continue this, this push and we'll be the confident side out of the two. Yeah. That's fair. All right, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, check out our Twitter page at the Oak Road Hatter and also our website, oakroadhatter.com. Big thank you to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech for the intro and outro music. And we'll see you again next week. Cheers. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. 
Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.